I never get used to that weird voice. <laughs> but anyways, we're here. You know, what I really want to talk about is like this collaboration of doing this like collaborative blog and it's called um, a, a, 50, a Filthy Casuals Guide to the Imaginarium. <clears throat> and it's just like, here's our groups that are cool. Like this is um, a collective poem that we did. And then like inviting them to see like what happened during like that month and like what's going on. I think as we move forward, there needs to be like more um, focal point or guidance in like where to go in like this uh, weird um, ecosystem that we have here on Minds. It could be um, hard to navigate. And I, I, I always been like, I want to keep and attract um, really good channels that I want to create and whatever it is they want to create. And so that's why I kind of wanted to bring um, some of the core members of Imaginarium into this um, meeting so that we could have some fun. So right now, um, that's why I wanted to invite you, uh, Juliana, because I, I, I know you know kind of Mac a little bit and like, you know, these like overlapping circles and then I don't even know why, like we just started talking about that and like things overlap. And anytime there's like this overlapping of connections, I've like, okay, this is fun. Let me pull on this and see what happens. And yeah. I think um, this like Venn diagram of, you know, that mind token uh, competition, Minds Gaming wants to do this uh, card and everything uh, that's going on. But I, I guess, like, what's your first impressions of you being on Minds and then, like, trying to, you know, grow your channel and, like, navigate, you know, this weird little ecosystem that we have here? Yeah, I mean, without repeating what other people have said, it's really felt like home as far as social media platforms go to me coming from places like Instagram and Facebook. I wasn't on Facebook for the past, I wasn't on for the past like few years, but I had an Instagram, I had an Instagram that I was trying to build a following on with my art and um, it just seemed impossible to reach many people on Instagram. Most of my followers were people I already knew. And um, I think the best part of being on Instagram for me was the story where I could collaboratively talk to my followers, my friends, and one of my pieces for Scarden Fiesta was a collaboration with my followers where I asked them to give me an herb or an animal, and I just combined them all. So I like doing stuff like that with my social media, and mine's is a great... I haven't found an easy way to communicate with people so much like the story on Instagram, but there's a lot more engagement overall, I would say, on Minds, which has been so inspiring for me with creators on here. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So I love what, it. what kind of art do you do? Um, it kind of varies, honestly. Like I just recently got into pixel art, which um, I think is getting pretty popular. That's how I won the Minds token contest. Um, I got a lot of exposure through that, but I mean, I'm based in traditional art, mainly drawing. So when I switched over to digital art, I think last July, a lot of line work. I like doing a lot of line work and little kind of fantasy scenes. Like I had, um, I have a series with some animals that was birthed 
birthed from that collaboration on Instagram. So it's like forest scenes, these animals. And I think a lot of what I try to do with my art is I think ahead to, you know, I want to be a mother. What kind of stories or scenes do I want to share with my children? And um, yeah, yeah, I'm currently working on a children's book right now with my nice. half brother. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you have you tried out the Minds blogging for that so you can do like the stories and the images? No, I've seen mixed. I should try it out. I shouldn't just take people's word for it, but. A lot of people say that mine isn't very blog friendly at this point. They might be doing some work on it, but maybe that's wrong. Should probably try it out. I mean, yeah, you should definitely give it a try for yourself, right? Play with it a little bit. Uh, you can, you can do uh, like I, I, you can check out my blogs. I'll send you a link after this to my blogs, and I have tons and tons of blogs on mines and different topics and stuff. But they're great for artists that want to. Um, upload their images too so you can write your little stories you can upload your images and then you can lock it for tokens at the bottom if you want supporters to like unlock your blog or you can lock it for tiers so blogs are a great way to start and i know there's a there's controversy on like how hard it is to find blogs or if there should be a blogging platform over blog posts but a blog right now is the only way that you're going to be able to write those stories and upload those images. And you can you can upload multiple images to the blogs and, you know, so you can do those story scenes and stuff. Yeah. You know, to look at uh, Curry Hobo's um, blogs, he, he does. Actually, I remember when he like complained about like how they were. Yeah, go look at an artist blog. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to get a notepad. Remind me. I'll be right back. And, and so, you know, like, I remember when Curry Hobo was complaining about the blogs because, like, they weren't, like, um, displaying the images, like, how he wanted it. They weren't, like, seamless because, like, he does this scroll type of thing. And yeah. then so, like, so like later they kind of fixed that for him. But uh, they do need to, like, improve blogs. But I know they're better now. Um, I did a blog that where I did kind of uh, mixed media where I did uh, had all these collages and I did, like, poetry and then I also embedded a, a video and um it worked pretty good but like i remember mac had a problem and th that was i think it's something that they fixed um with the uh, with the plus i remember man's gaming kind of actually helped them with that so they're getting better with it but going back to the story uh this is another thing curry hobo going back to him he's the same thing he's he's a father and he's wants to or i think he's currently writing uh, a children's book of teaching kids about like open source <laughs> and just like the yeah just like the concept of like open source i remember when it was one of these books that like a teacher gave me in high school that i was just like oh i'm not gonna read this but then like later on in life i read it like uh in college and it was called the cathedral and the bazaar and just that concept of like open source versus closed source systems like just like blew my mind like and i think teaching that to kids like younger and you know that these even lessons of like more organic systems is like very um, valuable and important when you know considering you know doing meaningful art and doing something with your life uh that's a yeah. worthy thing to do yeah yeah that's that's very cool yeah my partner who is a a full stack developer talked about <laughs> how we're going to teach our kids open source and you know, AI and coding <laughs> from the start. And that's really what people should be teaching kids in school. But 
but you know the bureaucracy is a million steps behind it's actually oh yeah, yeah. important like today i like every day he loves his butt, <laughs> <laughs> loves his butt. yeah the over... um really play to the sort of strengths of the individual i find it's like they they kind of have this one size fits all mode of teaching so it's like it you know, if you fall into the category where you respond to that type of teaching, it's great. But if you're somebody that has a brain that works in a slightly different way and it's not a case of not being intelligent, but you just need a different approach or something, then obviously you don't get catered for. You just you you have to learn in the manner that they teach sort of en masse. And I always think that's a real shame. That's the, you know. Going back to what we were saying, the other thing about homeschooling is obviously you can tune into what your child sort of excels at and sort of capitalise on it a little bit. It doesn't mean that you wouldn't teach them other things or encourage them to be open to some of the subjects that perhaps they're not quite as enamoured with. You know, um, so recently I was reading this article and I I like to read... um, these blockchain articles, not, not because about like, I want tips on trading or anything like that, but because I like to think about it like philosophically and these use cases beyond um, just like monetary. And one of the, it was talking about this mindset of that, what, what a lot of the people in the earth or in the majority of the space are looking at are how to incentivize certain outcomes they want for their project and not just necessarily monetary, like how much money can we make and like give our stockbrokers this thing, but no, like how do we make this project work the best way and like put bounties on things that we want? And like, how do we incentivize this? And like early on, I always talked about like, how do we, I think Curry Hobo like posed this a little while ago, but it was like something about like, what's the, the value of creativity you know, I always viewed this like circulation of ideas and and uh, currency as like this the actual energy that gives us the ability to like create these these content and and all this kind of stuff and and more not not in monetary value but like how do we program this stuff to to incentivize the community and outcomes that we want to see so like you know when i seen early um apps adapts of these on different blockchains but there was like this one where they would like incentivize people uh, critiquing people not critiquing but giving honest feedback in like comments and blogs and then there was this other one where they had this like publishing like kind of um pdf book place but like they were incentivizing walkthroughs right now yeah and and so you know i could i could envision this like system of where we are incentivizing um kids to explore different types of learning different types of um subjects and everything in in the beginning early development and then creating incentives for whatever they're more naturally inclined to and, and building support systems economically and, and resource-wise to, to help support those types of kids in multiple arrays of, of development. 
not just like one way where you sit in a class and you write on a paper and you regurgitate what's on the board. If one is more inclined to to program or more inclined to whatever, but there's there's multiple ways in which we could program incentives and and ways in which we use this technology. And right now, for me personally, is like, how do I get it? Well, first, once I get my level of my liquidity pool, my first economic engine, to to then when I have this kind of surplus of tokens, how do I incentivize the creative community that I want to see and, and um, what I envision Imaginarium could be? And, um, you know, in, in that sense, you know, this these early tests of, collaborating and and doing that kind of stuff but then like what how do we do this in a sustainable way because that's always been the problem with imaginarium it's not like lack of um you know people wanting to do something or lack of attention or whatever it's just like um the sustain like for a moment with open mic with mike like uh with mac we had a good thing going on it just was hard to like sustain something like that you know yeah, we got to figure out a way to uh, kind of use this blockchain to benefit our creative uh, people, like our artists and everything. Like, yeah, I, I'm not an artist, but I'm a gamer, so you have to appreciate the artists and you have to appreciate the art that they do for us and they make. I mean, without them, we wouldn't have anything in our game, right? We would just be walking around as little sticks. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you gotta appreciate I mean, them. you know, there, there is the the flat, like, base level of incentive of minds of, like, creating content, right? And this is just, like, this blanket thing. And so, you know, yeah, you're spammers. You got people doing all this other stuff. And then, but it's, like, up to us as the community to, like, double down on, like, real people doing, you know, honest, like, content. Whatever it comes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, whatever type I, it comes in. I think, yeah, I think yeah. in the long run, it'd be fun to kind of create our own kind of imaginarium token and wallet to get out. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't, I, I, I was reading this other article and I, it just gave me like this idea of how do we practically use your, your gaming token that you already have, the Minds Gaming token, to like have like this uh, like play-in for the uh, Minds um, ga- uh, card game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it can work because like oh my god, like you know you just <laughs> set up a small liquidity pool and then like you make the token worth like five cents and then now you have, <laughs> you have something that you pass around yeah, and it's like, like you know yeah. I, I used to do this with my aunt. She used to bring out like pennies and then we used to play yeah. pennies and it just made the game more interesting. <laughs> uh, whenever you're betting something, it always makes the game more interesting. <laughs> So you have your own token? What is the Minds Gaming token? Well, it's really nothing right now. It's just a token that I created to see if I could create a token. That's valid. (laughs) I I wanted to play with the blockchain, and I wanted to see if I could create my own token. So, like, I made it, like, uh, two, three years ago when uh, when Minds first switched over to the ERC token. So I made my own token when they made their own. And just to make okay. it <laughs> so we got to figure out something to use it for <laughs> yeah, i think the game is a great idea oh, card yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. you play any games me yeah 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 um i i do i i've been a big i mean this is like 
a very feminine game, but I've been a big Sims fan for my whole Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. My whole life. Ever since I can remember, um I really like building houses, like interior design and um like landscape architecture really inspire me. Yeah. So um like I'm a homemaker too. That's like my first job. Oh, nice. <laughs> so so I really like the Sims. I was playing Morrowind for a while. Um I like watching Liam play Oblivion. It's like one of the funnest things. <laughs> <laughs> the Elder Scrolls series is great. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, we love watching like Mandalore gaming and Seth videos, reviews, gaming reviews. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So much fun. So, oh yeah, they, they make the best videos sometimes, and sometimes you can find them, and they're they're just hilarious because the game's terrible. Those are the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we watched recently. I think it's his most popular one, but Space Station 13. His okay, dad okay, knew yeah, that yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a clusterfuck. <laughs> uh, what was your uh, favorite game growing up? Like when you when you came up as a kid, what what did you play? Um, let's see. My dad was really into computers and games, so he he got my sister and I computers when we were really young. I was playing just random like random games since I was like three years old. Um, I can't remember that far back, but I think when I was like six or seven, I really liked Toontown. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but no, no, tell me about it. It was a Disney game. Um, basically you made this little tune. Honestly, in hindsight, it's kind of communist propaganda. <laughs> um, I mean, you didn't know that. You were just playing a game. Though. I know. <laughs> Their slogan is Tunes of the World Unite. I mean, you can view it in like an anarchism type of like, yeah, down with like the oligarchy or something. But but you basically fought these cogs with these gags. You had like pies or squirt guns. You collect, they're collectibles. I was actually thinking about this earlier today. Um, the idea of collectibles in terms of NFTs. And I was thinking about Toontown because you would collect these little gags that you used as weapons against your enemy, which were these cogs, which were these robots that were, they were associated with different clans. So like the cash bots or the, the cell bots. I forget the other two, but basically you just like worked your way up to the headquarters of these, enemies and then you with your friends would like throw pies at them okay and it was, a, it was an open world multiplayer it was really cool yeah, yeah it sounds fun i would play it definitely <laughs> yeah and what's really cool about it is um like all kinds of people played it i remember even adults when i was younger would play it and disney canceled it but a group of the older players that were programmers recreated the whole game and it's for free now online nice nice, nice. we need to do like a multiplayer thing for that one as well we need to add yeah. that to the list yeah. along with Sonic and Mario we'll just have like a whole like three day session that'd be great yeah I was thinking um, like the whole gaming thing as well like with children and learning you know, they learn through play a lot more, like things go into their brain a lot more and, and cement there. And I was thinking that's what Dan was saying earlier and how like 
perhaps there could be a way that you know with young young people they could play some games or some quizzes or something and it would kind of some it would determine what their strength was or somehow for want of a better word funnel them into an area where they they would be strongest or they'd be really good you know like if you were doing um a minor maths test or something like that and it would determine your skill level in the same way through some sort of play or through some sort of game it would determine something that they would be good at and then it would kind of funnel them into an area where they could do something that they would excel at <clears throat> I, I, I don't know if that would be a possibility but i'm just sort of thinking back to what i'm saying and then learning and you know, the whole gaming thing as well, learning through the gaming. Mm-hmm. Because there's, there's you know? like my kid already does like ABC Mouse and that kind of stuff for for the learning, and he has a, a ton of learning games, and he just loves them. I mean, that's like one of those. I actually in in college I used to uh, tutor and um, elementary school kids, and that was like one of the things is like um, to try to get them interested in math. You, you got to do like. I would do some of the computer games, but you just like make it into a game. But oh. I, you know, going into my own development, I remember I would always like scheme to do like my homework so then I could go and play. But then like I would like build Legos and build cities and build stories and like have all these like narratives in my head. And I always thought that as play and like not anything more than that. But you know, later as I grow up and then I see like how I am, I'm like, oh, I was learning, like I was learning how to like you know, build my own stories and like, you know, like I, I would read like zoo books so I could understand like animals more and then like use that to like build better stories, I guess, in a sense. <laughs> but like that stuff is like, I had that divided in my mind because I thought, you know, school work is boring and I do this and I have to like get that over with so I could go out and have fun. And I thought like fun wasn't like, you know, anything more than just having fun. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. Yeah, the trick is to get the kids to think that they're playing a game, but they're actually learning at the same time and then it it doesn't become like a chore. Yeah. But yeah. but you know, like you're saying, they don't do a lot of that in the schools. You know, school is so anywhere. in the arc, it's like, like uh, for... they're just not up to date with all this stuff at all. They have like uh basic computer stuff, but it's not compared to what you can just find online yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But like for games, like for games with anybody, they don't do it enough anywhere for like work or anything. Like when I uh, when I was coming up and you know when I was when I was younger and I was coming up and I was a manager and stuff, I used to do games for uh, for the people that worked for me that like uh, did stocking and stuff. So like at a retail store, we would do like if you did so many sections, it would be like a bingo card pretty much. And if so, if you stock the women's sections and the men's sections and the kids' sections in a week, then you'd get a bingo and then you'd get a prize from that or you'd get a store credit or something like that. So it would just make work a little more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like nobody yeah, does this thing. Just for kids. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We got to, there's, there's plenty of stuff for kids out there, man. There's just like, uh, the little coding robots, they're tons of fun. Like my kid has a little coding robot that he codes himself. It's just, it's just like, uh, pretty much learning left, right, left, right. And like, uh, what algorithms do. So like, if you do left, right, left, right on, on something, then how many times will it go left and how many times will it go right? 
stuff like that. It's, it's just really fun stuff. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the, 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 like, the young kids are just going to be like, their coding skills are going to be off the scale when they're like, all right, what's it going to be like? But then I think <laughs> it's going to be more than norm. It's like the time he gets around to coding. <laughs> Like, oh, you'll, you'll probably be coding in the air with your fingers. Oh, at that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He'll be so advanced. It'll be, it, it would have gone beyond. Yeah. 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 There, there, yeah. There's, that's, that's the one thing, like, even like as a coder, like as somebody that likes coding and stuff, code changes like all the time. So teaching code is, is always hard because once you fall out of it, then you got to come back and relearn it and do everything. By the time he's, he's like, coding coding I, I probably won't know the code he's working on it's not really I'm something trying. you can just <laughs> learn and like get to the it comes to the end of your learning it's like an ongoing process because it's constant development yeah. and discovery yeah you know? exactly yeah I was, I was just looking at uh, some the other day with with pictures and how to like and yeah that, I was trying to figure that out it was fun but I don't know what I would use it for, but apparently it's very useful. <laughs> It'll come to you one day. So what kind of movies do you like? I am actually currently watching Dune, David Lynch's Dune. Okay. Um, it's so good so far. We're watching a, a fan edit, which is apparently better. It got pretty bad ratings. So there was an edit that was made put some I think he put some deleted scenes in it so it's like three and a half hours long yeah it's really good Liam read the book when he was younger I think there might be more than one book yeah it's just this crazy story is anyone familiar with Dune I'm like my no, mind's blown no, no, we're not no, done no, yet no. though so, yeah, so yeah I'm familiar. I, haven't, I haven't read the book but I've seen the the, the first yeah the first the first Dune movie I, I was quite into that it's just completely mad, isn't it? Yeah. The, the spice. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. spice. I mean, I think he was high. I think he was not high, but he was tripping on psilocybin, I think, when he wrote the story. So it's very so involved, I can believe, complex. I can, yeah. It's super true. Like, that's what I love. I love movies that it's usually the hero's journey that movies that capture me. And most of the world, um, it's some version I, of the hero's journey, and that's like June is always like for me the ultimate kind of in a symbolic way. It's like awakening, consciousness awakening. Yeah, um, and he even says that thing that, that you know the sleeper must has has awakened and all that. It's yeah. kind of, and then when you link it all into everything that's going on, it's just really profound. It's it's to me completely symbolic of of people evolving their consciousness state to a point where they have a you know higher state of awareness cool <laughs> yeah I'm like tripping out over it I'm glad that you understand I don't know if I could explain I'm, I'm only halfway done with the film so I don't think I could do it justice to it's really hard to explain it's like it, it sounds like a bit of a cop-out to say to someone I'm not going to explain it to you. I'm not even going to attempt it. That is really the truth. Just watch it. Yeah, you've got to watch it. Yeah. Besides that, though. Hello. Hey, hey, what's up, bro? It's working. How you doing, man? 
I had to switch the laptop, so. No, it's all good. I'm glad you're here, man. Uh, I wanted to ask you. I've, I've just been, man. I've just been listening, man. It's been interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you could make it, man. Uh, tell me about your channel real quick. What is your channel focused on? Oh wow. Um, pretty much just anything I feel like talking about. It covers political stuff, spiritual stuff, practical stuff. Uh, the new world order. Uh, definitely <laughs> the new world order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to cover that, man. Yeah, you've been around. I don't know, a long time on Minds Night. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up, Food Fighters of Fiction? I still hey, remember hey, that you, how you doing? I remember the original Minds uh, montage and you like ended it. It was awesome. Yeah, I've got a few more gray hairs since then. Uh, <laughs> on the beard. Yeah. On the beard? <laughs> not, not on top yet, but I'm sure that, that could be coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I definitely appreciate all your support. I know you're in the writing corner a lot with us. You post in there a lot, and uh, I just appreciate everything you do for us. So I just wanted to bring you on here and, uh, you know, have you on for a show and let you talk about whatever you wanted to talk about, really, because uh, I know you don't do much gaming, but uh, what's your favorite game right now? Uh, well, my friend's game, but I I don't. So uh, they like to play Minecraft. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and it's and it is kind of crazy. They they kind of got me to sit and watch it, and they create stuff stuff and then destroy it. I'm not sure I understand it, but I'm kind of clueless to the whole uh, game thing. But yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, I have like a, a weird, funny story about like so I go across country a couple years ago, and then. I pick up postcards and I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to write some postcards and send it to a friend. And I thought, you know, the whole time I was like, okay, I'm going to write something really cool and like this and that. And then, so I was thinking about it all day and then I sit down and I try to write on the postcard and then I'm like, what to write? And then I start writing and then I'll get into like a groove and I'm like, I fill up the postcard and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I just started writing. <laughs> Like this is this is not good. <laughs> this, is, so this is horrible. <laughs> this is horrible. I can't send this. <laughs> and then I, was, I then I started thinking like I have a small space. Like let me put yeah. everything I want to say in there because like you know like normally I kind of like warm up writing and like I write a couple sentences and then I'm like okay I'm ready to go and then like I have no more space. Like there's there's, there's, no, there's nothing else to write. <laughs> like the same way when you're thinking about like a tweeting like you're like okay i have all this to say like like how do i say it you know in a condensed manner i would, you know? I would fail at the t with the tweet <laughs> yeah. feature completely i've got no chance no chance <laughs> so tori do you do you do you write small though that's the thing if you write small you can fit more in that's uh was the strategy moving forward it was so the postcard was the first tweet, right? That's the yeah. first tweet, the postcard. Yeah, the postcard. There was a huge debate on postcards back in the day on uh, privacy. Did you know that? Makes really? Sense. Yeah, because there, uh, because there wasn't any envelopes, so you could read everything on the postcard. Uh, you oh my god, I never thought of that. Yeah, and people there was just a big debate on privacy even... back in the day on those. Yeah. Anyone could read it. God, I never even thought about that. <laughs> Do you think funny. there's like people that like 
that like take them and just read them and like when they like at the work at the post office that just like pull them to the oh, side and, and start know. reading. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there to do? <laughs> they like you know just like how they share memes. Like who has the dankest postcard? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who has the dankest postcard? Now we gotta now we gotta send postcards of just memes to each other for like yeah. Yeah, for Let's see that. Oh, what kind of movies are you into, uh, Freedom Fighter? I am definitely into the uh, dystopia type of film. So anything that's like, uh, you know, like uh, Eli or like Matrix or hey, even, no. I guess, I guess I saw the old Dune. In fact, I tried to watch the old Dune. You guys were talking about that, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, a couple months ago, but I couldn't get through it because it was just, because it was so old, it seemed cheesy to me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it didn't, yeah, it didn't seem up hard. to par. Mm -hmm. yeah, the special effects weren't that good, and and then and that thing that came out in that giant cage, that blob, that was kind of trippy. Yeah, it was like a big, like shriveled manatee human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got yeah. like sort of telepathic skills. It can read yeah. your mind and all that sort of stuff. It comes right. Was it like in a sort of a glass? It's encased in some sort of glass thing. I'm, I haven't seen the film for ages. I'm just trying to remember it now. But yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. It's like become so evolved because it's had so much of the spice. It's become oh like it can just read everyone's mind and it knows everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Whenever exactly. I watch older movies, I always prepare myself for the bad uh, special yep. effects. Like, I, I always have to get that in my head first. Like, all right, this was done in this time frame. <laughs> yeah. I kind of do that for modern films, too. The ones that are over and like over CGI'd. A lot of it's just. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, There's yeah. a sweet spot, I feel like. Somewhere I, I in the early 2000s. You know, I can get in that headspace, but I still can't take it on. It's just too much. Too much. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Does, does anybody think that the uh, new Matrix is going to be any good? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, I, I didn't do. know they I were remaking so. it. It better be. I will I'll go find those people. <laughs> I hope it's good. Know, I, I didn't do. even know there was going to be a oh, new Matrix. That sounds cool. I'll definitely and then, have to look and then they better stop. This better be it. It better be good, and this is the last one. Be done with yeah. it. <laughs> They'll have to wheel out Keanu in a in a wheelchair if they do another one. Be, yeah, like exactly. They'll yeah, try. Exactly. They'll try to do one when he's like eighty. You know, don't he'll be doing it. he'll be doing kung fu movies. Don't don't he'll be do doing the kung fu from the wheelchair. They'll just uh, digitally render him, and then he'll. Be able to play any role forever yeah. for <laughs> we were talking about this the other time like how shows or movies get bad after so many versions of them it's just like there's just oh, so yeah. much that, that you, you just gotta stop at some point and just come up with a new idea <laughs> yeah like but, i i saw the trailer for i think the batman is it i don't know if it came out but it's with robert pattinson batman and mm -hmm. <laughs> the trailer looked really bad honestly i just but but what about these deep fakes though? You know, with the deep fakes, Keanu could be doing like Wick seventy five because he'd always be young, right? These deep fakes yeah. look so <laughs> real now. The, like the new Tom Cruise one, that one is pretty pretty real. Have you seen it? I yeah, I have, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
they're getting really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, but essentially, though, the, the, the actor or the actress can be young forever, and there's really no need for them if they can just plaster their face. Well, and, I mean, at some I mean, point. It really that, makes you wonder that is, what that contract says, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's the natural like outcome of uh, certain thinking of like you want to maximize you know profit for your movie, and I think that's what happens a lot with these uh, remaking something like they're more of a decision of like we want to make uh, a return on our investment than it is like some kind of like expression of something new or something like that. But uh, that I, sometimes, sometimes doing that takes, of like they, sometimes it takes a couple. Oh, couple what? What? what it, there is a movie. Ah, oh, I forgot what it's called. I have to look it up. Uh, but there's a movie where it's like the near future. Hollywood is like digitally rendering all the actors, and like they're like, and they live in like this like digital like um, area, <laughs> and like so like they no longer need real actors anymore. They just have like their digital rendering of them. And, <laughs> Okay. She's like fighting to to like I guess like free her digital rendering, you know, kind of like Whoa. yeah, yeah. It's, Sounds it's like a VR. Yeah, 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 very yeah. real reality. Oh my god! I think, I think, I think you'd always be able to tell, though. I think you'd always be able to tell. I, I don't think that. You well, know, yeah. the digital will ever be uh, if for somebody that likes the real and organic like me i'm not into the synthetic artificial stuff so i want i want something gritty something real uh so yeah i didn't even like like when they put the digital stuff in star wars or tron or you know when they make the person younger and stuff it just it's like bad cgi but that was yeah. then and now is still now but you can still tell because there's something missing you know what i mean there's what? that spark yeah. of, of life yeah it's missing it's the uncanny valley uh, it's almost like too perfect it's so perfect that it's not real it's just like maybe the masses will love it maybe that's what they want i don't but you never know i don't know if that's love (laughs) because you need it you need it more and more quicker and quicker it's just like that's the consumer culture you know if you love it you could go back to it and watch it and soak it in and get new meaning from it yeah um, yeah 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 it's like uh oh man i could watch super troopers like a billion times in a row <laughs> every time it'll be great and I won't i'll have care. to put that on my list oh yeah 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 yeah. if you've never watched super troopers you, you gotta put that on the list <laughs> got it do you smoke wait do you smoke no oh no she shook her head no <laughs> no i used to a lot <laughs> but okay, okay, okay. not anymore no. yeah, it, it, but... it's definitely it's definitely a, a, a smoker movie so. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well i'll get some nostalgia <laughs> i'll watch it anyway <laughs> i watched um they live last week <gasps> oh, oh yeah that's and a there's a really um, epic and hilarious fight scene in it mm-hmm. when is it Roddy Piper, the main character? Um, I think he was like a WWF star at the time, something like that. And he has That's this right. epic fight with his friend where he's basically trying to get him to put the glasses on. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> it's just really funny. It's just the funniest thing ever. But I don't know if they set out for it to be that funny when they at the time. Oh, um, it's hilarious because it's it, so long. <laughs> it, it just goes on for, for such a long time. 
And um, that's how you feel when you like want someone to see your point of view. Yeah. <laughs> and someone you care about. It's like, God yeah. damn it. <laughs> it's like trying it, it, it's like that fight scene encapsulates trying to get people to sort of see a lot of the corruption in the world today, you know, like trying to get people to see the obvious things that perhaps you know, more open-minded people can, it's really obvious to them, but trying to get other people to see it who are a little bit more closed off, that mm. fight scene just says it all really, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, they movie. actually they actually got hurt. They actually got hurt in that scene. Um, oh, did they? It was so intense. Yeah, it was so intense that they, uh, I think they slugged each other, like for real, quite a few times, but not on purpose, you know, but yeah. You know, I watched the other day. I Robot. Have you, have you guys seen that recently? I rewatched that the other day. That was good. The Will Smith, Will Smith one. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think I. Yeah, saw I've it. never seen that one. I know which one you mean, but I've never seen. Yeah, I've never seen oh, that. Film. Yeah. I I forgot how good it was. Like I rewatched it the other day. It, it brings it like it makes you wonder about the next evolution of because of where we are now with technology and what they were doing in that movie like all the robots were and they had the future balls and like uh, you know uh, thought crimes and like all that kind of stuff didn't the uh, robot basically sort of start breaking the programming is that what happens yeah, 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 one yeah. of them yeah the one robot ended up breaking through the programming of fundamental rules of humans or whatever you know you can't hurt the human or whatever and, and so basically it kind of got more it got really intelligent and started thinking beyond its original programming right. will smith did that other movie that a lot of people are talking about because of the times that we're in you know the the what was the one with the virus what was that called i am legend yeah yeah oh yeah 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 that's after that's after all this, right? <laughs> I guess, yeah. I don't know. I wonder I always wonder like how much of this is like conditioning or is it life imitating art or art imitating life or both or is it propaganda? You know, right. yeah, like uh, potential predictive programming. Could it be predictive programming cuz like so many of the movies, you know, some of the movies from the past, you know, you can see things within those movies that have you know, become not the norm in day-to-day -day life. Do you is sort of look back? Um, is anybody aware of Philip K. Dick's um, Black Iron um, Prison? Uh, so, anyways, no. Philip K. Dick um, writes this like short story uh, based off of a dream that he had, and he wrote it kind of like um, automatically, like he just after he woke up, he wrote it, and he kind of wrote it in one sitting, and then. He publishes it and then like forgets about it like 10 years and then he finds himself driving in a car and there's like a storm and he goes to a gas station and then he gets out of the car and he's like did i write this scene it's like why does everything seem familiar and he goes to the cash register and has this interaction goes back to the car and sits in the car and he's like this is a short story i wrote this is the thing that i dreamt about he has like this whole like weird like deja vu experience and like how he wrote it and like he forgot about it but like everything played out the same and he's like freaking out and then he goes to like a uh, a priest and tells the priest like everything that he's talking about and the priest tells him to tell him a little bit more about the short story and tells him about the short story and what happens in his dream and he's like you're talking about the books of revelation and so like philip k dick goes and like reads the books of revelations later on philip k dick goes mad and goes into the mental institution and writes like these weird journals 
but anyways, his Black Iron Prison is like he has his theory about time. Like we were stuck back in like AD of Rome, and we're and like just because like perception is like different, it doesn't mean like we're still stuck and like repeating this this cycle of of life. And that's why like everything seems to like have the same mechanics, even though like they're like different um, figures like playing out the roles. <laughs> and then like. If you read, like, his journals, like, he, he goes really deep into, like, Gnostic, like, um, philosophy and stuff. But um, it's one of the wilder uh, ideas about what's going on, about how this this bridge and gap between the mind and, and dreaming and art and reality and perception. Uh, because there's multiple um, correlations between, you know, this bridge and gap between art and what happens in reality and even what, what gets um, reflected in your dreams and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I was, um, now I think Philip K. Dick's idea is pretty wild, but it's, it's interesting to think about. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And didn't he get rated? Didn't his stuff, didn't his stuff get rated by the FBI or something like that at yes. some point in time? Yes. Yes. <laughs> really? That's great. Yeah. Well, okay. That, there's more to that that story where he was um, he actually writes this this book about and David Bowie writes a song about it too. But anyways, he, he was claiming this was like when he has his mental breakdown and, and then they, he recounts the story. But he was getting a signal from this thing that he calls Valis, and like there was like this beam of light that shot into his brain, and he got like this information to like everything. And then, like, he was in communication with, like, this intergalactic entity. And, like, uh, you know, the the whole um, space odyssey and stuff, like, that's all tied into, like, Will, uh, this one book, um, I think it's in Dallas, Dallas, and, and what David Bowie was doing at the time. But anyway, so <laughs> that's what he was saying. But during that time, he had all these, like, coincidences or synchronicities or, like, things that happened where he was, like, paranoid and everybody says, like, you're too crazy. But then, like, they actually, like, raided his house and they actually did stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah there, there, there's a lot of characters that are, like, paranoid like that. And they – I think it was well, cause, Howard, cause Howard Hughes was like that. Yeah, he, he kept yeah. saying the FBI was spying on him. And everybody's like, you're crazy. They want to put him in a mental institution. And he's like, no, no, no. It turns out they were, you know. I mean, it's yeah. like people have this like intuition, you know. Like we all know mm. we're being listened to. We we all know they're watching us, so to speak, you know. Well, uh, that's it's just what a natural a intuition. Scanner Darkly is all about. Um, they did a pretty good uh, movie version of it, but Scanner Darkly uh, is actually like this book that he writes later on, more about it, like his paranoia, and then also even his like withdrawals kind of stuff. But. Uh, it's a, uh, have you ever seen that movie, Scanner Darkly? Um, I, I have. It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Alex yeah. Jones. Alex Jones is in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love Alex Jones. But, yeah, I have to watch that. Cool. Yeah, that was uh, and, and it was like rotoscoping too. Speaking of creativity yeah, and art and stuff, like it was that. like film, and then they like painted over like each individual yeah. frame. And then there was another film that was like that. Wake I think it was life. called The Waking Life. Wake, and they did the same life. thing. But it's kind of what a cool a, look, you know. It, it gives yeah. it a surreal kind of uh, a trippy like feel to it, and and what, the topic and the subject matter was kind of weird, so it fit. What, one yeah. of my favorite movies of all time is Waking Life, and what I love about it, I forgot. I used to know exactly, but it was like something like twenty eight or twenty uh, three different artists worked on it, and so like they, they filmed like their scenes, and then 
they gave the scene to a different artist and it was like their interpretation of that scene. And so like each different scene is like a dream, a dream sequence. So it like how it all fits together and how like each scene is unique, but it all fits together. It's, it's really beautiful. Yeah. I, I love the uh, Alex Jones with the, uh, the bullhorn <laughs> yeah. traveling to yeah. the, to the, to the, yeah. to the uh, in his, in his car. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Just basically telling people to wake up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I could see, um, the direct influence to uh, to you <laughs> with that scene, in a sense. Well, probably. Pro <laughs> <laughs> I have to check out your page, Freedom Fight. Well, I will. I, I will say this about Alex Jones. Yeah, I don't agree with everything the guy says. Obviously, I don't know too many people that do, but um, he definitely woke me up to a lot of things. Uh, number one was nine eleven. I was at a point where I was trying to figure things out. Like things didn't make sense. I turn on the news and they have this breaking story. And then all of a sudden, nothing. You'd hear nothing about it again. I'm like, well, what happened to that huge story? How come they're not following up on it? I really want to know. And then, then I saw Alex Jones on Entertainment Tonight, I believe it was. And uh, he was talking about the towers. And he was like, you know, talking about World Trade Center 7. And and then he was like, Infowars.com, Infowars. And I was like, man, I'm going to check that side out. And then I just started going down the rabbit hole. And I started watching like the Bohemian Grove videos and oh yeah, the, the loose change videos. I mean, I'm that old. You know what I'm saying? I'm 55. Yeah, so. so, yeah, I, I, I think he's made some contributions. I don't agree with everything he says. I don't think it's the... I don't think we're in the end of the world. You know what I mean? Right now, I think that we're kind of in a reset to where we can make things better, but it's going to take people waking up. It's going to take people uh, resisting the tyranny that's coming on us. You know, we're sure so that's, that's, that's all part of the disconnect that, that, oh, yeah. that the social engineers are doing. They're trying to keep us disconnected. So, you know, when you guys do stuff like this, you get people together and we're talking and we're discussing, man, that's like, that's how we connect. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we got to connect, man. That's what everything is about. It's all about sharing your life in the world around you. I think one of the things that kept, has kept me on minds is the fact that there is a, a pretty big diversity of people. And I think that for the most part, people like have a high level of tolerance of people's beliefs and their whatever it is, whether it's religious, political, whatever, you know, they, 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 they tolerate. And I think that's what's missing. You know, and, and yeah. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. You know, like all you people have been around here for a long time. <laughs> I'm sure I've said some stupid stuff and I appreciate you guys <laughs> tolerating me, you know, because anybody that talks a lot is going to say something they, they regret at some point, you know, mm -hmm. e even even if you really try to focus in on, you know, what you're trying to say, your opinions change, you grow, you mature, et cetera, et cetera. No. But, yeah, yeah. But everybody, most for the most part, the people that have been here for a long time have been real good to me. Mm. I mean, I get the occasional troll. I get the occasional <laughs> troll. And use and lately, late lately, it's everybody wants to like kill people. That's the new thing now. They they like troll on my page about wanting to kill people. And I'm like, block immediately now. It's just yeah, yeah. They they think they think the only solution is violence, right? And mm -hmm. You know, it's just uh, there's some crazy people on mine. So that's definitely not acceptable yeah. in my book. Yeah. Cool. About this new token, though, uh, Freedom Fighter. What's that? What do you think about all the stuff that's happening with the token? Man, I'm looking to you for answers. I am so confused. You talk about the mines token. I don't even understand yeah. any of it. 
know, Brian. I, I don't. That's why. Uh, I, that's why I asked you. I was. I was like, I gotta go to my boy because he will know. Send me some because I. I'm just now. I mean, I. I bought into crypto like Bitcoin like six months ago, but I. So I'm new to all of this stuff. When I listen to you guys, I'm like, so you guys are like smart about that. At least about that stuff, you are. I am like clueless. I. I don't even operate my phone fully. You know what I'm saying? I, I know how to dial and. So and I was having problems, as you could see, just getting connected on here, but. Yeah, I don't know. Tell me about it because I'm I'm totally interested. Is is it something that's going to eventually turn into something? It, it, it has. <laughs> it already has. <laughs> I've been shocked and still. Uh, well, tell me in, a, in, ideas. A, in a, tell tell uh, me how it works in a, in a in a basic way that someone who's not knowledgeable can understand. Yeah. Okay. So you know the token finally has some value outside of mines, and right now. Just on the Uniswap Ethereum market, it's worth around. I mean, I haven't checked it, but it's going anywhere from like around like three dollars, uh, plus or minus five cents or something like that. And um, so, potentially, if you if you know how to exchange stuff, so you have a MetaMask wallet, you have to actually have a wallet to do go into the token system now. Um, okay. But, and so then you start earning the tokens. And so now, you know, when you get three or four tokens a day, that's like worth, you know, like nine bucks, 10 bucks. And it tells you when the market like goes up and down. And so then there's a cost to take them out. So, you know, there's like a transaction fee and it's now because Ethereum's high, it's around like 40 or 50 bucks in total to take it out. So, you know, when you're thinking about it, think you save it up until you get like a value of like three, four hundred dollars, and you can take that off into your wallet, and then you could exchange it for Ethereum. Now, from that step, you could exchange that for cash, and now you now you actually have money, capital to use however you want. Can can if I you, implement if, my my Coinbase into it? I have a Coinbase account, so yeah, can I use that? You can use your Coinbase wallet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I noticed I noticed that there was a dollar amount next to the token and that the dollar amount was more than the tokens. And I thought, wow, that does that really translate to that? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kinda answered my question. Yeah, man. You gotta uh, if you need help setting it up or getting it uh, hooked up, you just just private message me. I'll help you out, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. That's awesome. I think everybody that's what everybody's been waiting for, right? I mean, yeah, a lot yeah. of people anyway, you know, it's, it's because Huge. you talk about open source and, and you know, being being dependent, uh, independent of the system, you know, the system that's corrupt, you know, like Facebook and Twitter and all those. So this is like, yeah, I, I, I what I see happening is like a paradigm shift away from the establishment. I've been writing about that for three or four years about the collapse of the corrupt establishment and they are self-destructing and it's just a matter of time before eventually they become uh, sort of, they're no longer the prime primary source, you know, and, and freedom is being given more to like just the average guy now. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the same thing with movies and with, with arts. And so you don't need, to, you don't need to go to Hollywood to make a movie. I mean, you, they have cameras for $200 that rival, like a red camera. I mean, it's, yeah. it's we're living in insane times. It's in a good yeah. way. It's good. Good. Yeah. And and for me, well, how I view things and just like you, you know, early on when they implemented even the point system, then it went to the token system. I was like, oh, I wonder if this, when is this ever, if it's ever going to have value? And then I was just thinking about it and the possibilities of that. So now it's hard, but there's capital that we have here. And so what do we do with this? Um, and I've been investing in and growing my liquidity pool so that 
later we could have some fun in that sense. But going to this freedom and autonomy, for me, this tool is real economic freedom. And if you do it right, you could create whatever you want to create. And it's up to you to put in as much work as you want and then create the capital that you need to do whatever you want to do. That's what the potential of, of this is. And, um, you know, the, the talking about incentives, the one incentive that I think is really good and what's actually making the coin have value. And then later on, I think it's up for the community to, for we need to decentralize the liquidity pool, meaning more and more people need to have liquidity pools so that it's not reliant on a big whale. Like if it's on their whim, if they take out, you know, a million dollars of the liquidity pool and what did that affect the token? This is all later thinking about token economics, but this is the same idea that we support each other and we now keep the capital flowing within our community. Like I could exchange already value. Now I've done it with Curry Hobo and always I felt bad because I was giving him tokens and like at that time the tokens meant nothing. But then like now yeah. they were something and I'm like, okay, now I don't feel that bad. Like I actually like, gave him what he was worth, you know, like before I was just feeling bad. I'm like I should be giving him real money, but I'm giving him these shitty tokens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Well, now you're giving real money to everybody. Well, you're giving, you're giving something that can be worth real worth, money down yeah, the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it has the a function potential. of boosting gives it real mm-hmm. value. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, my account is, pretty small but the boost has done wonders and that's just using the tokens because it's giving you a platform to stand on kind of (laughs) yeah 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 the the ad network is you know if you have tokens to put into the ad network it's always worth giving yourself a boost i i personally like um like the sidebar boost and um channel boost a little more than the newsfeed boost but that's Mm. just me (laughs) how how much do you guys boost it how much do you boost your content when you boost it? Like 1,000, 2,000, 5,000? Like what's your general range and then like what's your max? I don't boost anything under 5,000. Yeah, me too. Okay. Okay. So I'm pretty picky with what I boost. Yes. <laughs> I only boost things that I'm like, okay, this actually has off, uh, it offers value to the people who are seeing it. So I boosted my giveaway. I boosted my, uh, my contest entry. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I don't really boost my normal posts, my everyday posts though. Why not? Um, well, I don't, I don't post every day, but um, it's a good question. Maybe I should, Maybe <laughs> I should post, boost everything that I post. Well, I think um, I like doing 5,000 views and I think that I feel like my wallet would go quick if i did that for every post <laughs> right right well uh, yeah not every post but yeah you should probably post uh boost more of your original content though you might be surprised how many people will like it or want to hear it or need to hear it you know that's kind of mm-hmm. how i look at it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, not if not anything it sort of stimulates the whole you know it stimulates dialogue that's one thing i've noticed about minds though it's very hard to get people to comment you know what i mean it's I've been posting for a lot. Now, if I post something a little bit controversial, then yeah, I will get some comments, both good and bad. And I'm not doing that on purpose. Like I'm not 
trying to be controversial to get comments. That's not how I operate, but it's just, it seems like, you know, they'll like it or they'll dislike it or they'll remind it, but very, very, it's, it's just not, not very often that people comment. I would oh, like to see more dialogue. It's important, guys. Come on. If it's the comments in the dialogue was a lot was a lot more free flowing in the early days of mines, wasn't it? Sort of like six years ago, it, mm -hmm. there was more more of the conversations and the dialogue. But for some reason, it sort of was changed. it like a change in user interface? Like I'm not sure how it was how it looked like back then, but. I mean, the way that we, things are presented. User interface has changed a lot since back then, but we won't mm. go there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I would, I have a quick question. Go ahead. What? So liquidity pool is that off-chain tokens? What is mm -hmm. that? No, no, no. The liquidity pool is only ETH. So you add uh, the same amount of on-chain tokens and ETH into the liquidity pool to make the token value go up or down. Mm. So if you're taking it out, then it's going to make it go down. If you're putting ETH in, it's going to make the value go up. Okay. Yeah. So I use MetaMask, uh, so yeah, I have yeah. to. So for you if you want to do a liquidity pool yes you have to take uh, your tokens off to your metamask and then you have to have the same amount of value of um, ethereum to mines tokens and then you pair them to the liquidity pool on uniswap and that's how you do that um and like what mines gaming says is that's that's what um backs up our token so that it has the valuation that it does um that that's what gives it the the confidence to exchange it for ethereum right now and then later you know later when you think of future stuff in that respects you could future if we have capital me and mines gaming go in and build a liquidity pool for his token and then you could exchange that token for mines tokens on the exchange like mm. you could set it up that way or you could set it up for uh, eth that it's gonna it's like pool's gonna be small. It depends on how much capital you have, but it'll be like you know now you can exchange it for something on on Uniswap, and that's how you build uh, a token economics with that. Uh, that's how Mines did it. You know they put it on Uniswap, and then they had a a pre pretty much a good a good start for the liquidity pool that yeah, grows yeah, yeah. into. For, for yeah. a good example, we're talking on. Not uh, NFTs earlier. You you said you're getting into NFTs. So like right now we have uh, OpenSea. Well, or I'm recommending OpenSea to users for if they want to make NFTs because they're all open source, and you can swap what you earn from OpenSea's into a Mines token to use on the Mines network. So whoa, hmm. yeah, yeah. So if you wanted to get into NFTs and still get Mines tokens, you can do it on OpenSea and then just swap them into Mines tokens. Dude, that that is like the most coolest thing, the NFT thing that the that the link you sent me to read. And then I went on YouTube and watched a video from a YouTube filmmaker guy, and he was breaking it down. And it it people are making some crazy money on that. I mean, uh, like a painting sold for like sixty five, a digital painting for sixty five yeah, yeah. million dollars. I was like, what? And then he yeah. was also saying because it's in its infancy, it's so so new, it's so early that people are making a lot of money on not even really good work. So, I mean, that yeah, really yeah. opens the door for people that are just, that are just sort of beginners. And I'm, I don't mean that to be mean. I mean, but oh, that's yeah. an opportunity oh, for no, people no, that no. are just, you know, getting started 
and they could and even generate some income from that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that's the coolest thing, the NFT, man. I gotta, I'm, I'm trying to learn about that because I think that, and that's going to be implemented into mines as well. Well, there's a there's a get and a request feature request for it um, by uh, Bill Ottman, so probably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> been a roadmap for that for a minute. Um, but you know, going back to NFTs, what what I think is so important more, I guess, for like creatives is. Now you have a tool in which, because we like to open, in Imaginarium, I I want things to be uh, kind of collaborative and open, but there's also, you know, things with uh, people creating stuff and their own, like, ownership of their stuff. So, like, this is an easy way for, like, everybody to have their own independence, but also to work in a collaborative way. So, like, when you create something, you stamp it and say, hey, you know, like, I did this and this is mine, but I'm... And then you could uh, retrace like the lineage of like that image and and that uh, who created that. So when it gets used, you could you could find out who is the actual artist and and then easily click on that and then like contribute and buy a collectible from them. Like you know, if I feature images from you in a video and someone says that's cool, and then like boom, you could click on that and find the information. And then you're like, oh, I like that image. Like. I, you have several different prints of that. And then like us, I'll send you, you know, 25 bucks of uh, um, worth of uh, tokens for it. And then you, there you go. You know what I mean? Like that's how, where we're going with streamlining this. But on the back end, you as an artist, you know, you, you create something, but you want it to live and, and go on and, and, and do different things. But you could set it up your your own um, way of, uh, setting up the token so where you get a commission if someone sells it later. Like if your thing oh. that you sell for like 20 bucks is value later at a million bucks, like say you become a famous artist or whatever, you, you could get a commission on that. I think it's like, I forgot what the different, you said it on your thing. And so like later on, like, and you could even set it, like if they don't do something about this and then like they could cancel that sale. Like if they, if they're trying to cut you out of uh, the sale, like it won't, it won't complete the, the transaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard a lot of people were using it like as a buyer reseller market, buying mm-hmm. it and then reselling it for a higher price. And the, yeah. and the guy that I was listening to said, yeah, that's that's going on a lot. And uh, people are, you know, jacking the price way up even, you know, if they, they they're basically like what I do as a reseller. I go out and I try to buy, so, buy things you know, at a low yeah. price and then sell it higher. So there's people yeah. like, I guess, going on looking for a good deal so they can mm-hmm. buy it. And, this- and that's another opportunity as well. So, you know, looking at it as collectibles, this is what people who are investing and trading them, they look at it like, you know, like Beanie Babies or like Pokemon. They're hoping one of these things like gets set off and like turns into something. So then like later they hoard them, like they have these special ones and then, you know, you sell them. Collector cards. Yeah. But what's cool about this is like, say, you know, as we develop the card game and we get cool designs or whatever and then. I think he broke out. (laughs) He was just so excited, man. It just broke the line. Yeah, man. The energy was just too much. Yeah. (laughs) He was like, we can't do that, man. We can't do that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was getting good. It's getting good, too. I know. I know. (laughs) <laughs> no. but yeah, NFTs are great, man. I think I think they'll be an awesome thing to bring into minds. I think the, the they would fit right in here with all oh, the yeah. crypto and everything else. So there's already the marketplace. 
Did you say oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's already an art marketplace. There's already, there's there's tons of resources for it. So you should get it on here. And then the fact that you can already swap out for tokens and stuff. So maybe. Yeah, I'll... that's awesome. That's that's awesome stuff, man. It's <laughs> I think I think the future looks good as long as we keep the corrupt establishment out, you know, and, yeah, and crashing, thought, crashing our like, party, you know. The yeah, key well, to yeah, like you know. create all these new things, and then like all the old the systems just fall away, like they become obsolete, don't they? That they, they, they don't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. yeah, create our culture, create our society. Yeah. 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 Well, they want to bring it to where we have where we basically have a uh, basic income, and we're all just like serfs, you know, that just obey the nanny state or whatever but yeah, yeah. and that's why they're they're oh, doing that yeah. is because they know they know that their empire of dirt is coming down oh, and yeah. it's not it's not even sustainable at this point you know what i mean everybody's like turning away from them everybody's turning away from them everybody's running from them and 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 looking for liberty and freedom because we at this point we're actually being oppressed and people want to find a way out i told a few friend of mine uh, friends of mine uh, a couple few weeks ago i was like the elite, whenever there's a crisis, they always take advantage of the crisis. Well, we, the people, should do the same thing. I mean, we didn't create the crisis, and but but we should look for the opportunities that arise out of that crisis. You know what I mean? Like, there's all kinds of opportunities that people just get depressed, they get upset, so they don't they don't look for the opportunities. You know, I think there's could be even more better opportunities when times are tough than even when they're good sometimes. Oh yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely, totally. definitely. I mean, that's where you get ahead. I mean, when that, when everybody's down and not looking out, that's when you get ahead. You know what I mean? So. But it's kind of like I heard the saying: "It's the best of times and the worst of times." You know, they're they're simultaneously. It's happening both at the same time. They're running parallel. Good times and bad times. They're parallel, and yeah. you can get on whatever track you want to get on. Do you want to get on the 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 track that's leading to prosperity and freedom and liberty or do you want to get on the the doomsday you know mm -hmm. track and i think that people don't want to look at things that's the that's the the big problem is that people are too scared to look at things like i talk i talk to people about stuff up to a certain point um i was talking to somebody about all the corruption and everything the other day and they said oh i you know i kind of understand that the government's corrupt and blah 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 but i don't want to go beyond because i said i said well, but why do you think they're doing these things you know what what what's the reasoning and their response was well i just don't want to go there they actually said to me word for word that's too far down the rabbit hole for me and i just don't want to look at it and i'm thinking <laughs> but you have to look at it in order to then get on board the train of, of creating the new stuff because you have to know what you're up against Do you know what i mean it's like um yeah that's the big but you problem. never i feel like you never know what a soul needs to learn a lesson so there are some people that need that kind of yeah oppressive environment to break through they need the darkest dark to push through those boundaries they have inside of themselves yeah, yeah. i like i like to say that um I don't think it necessarily has to take a tragedy to like wake up, but it does seem like it's the most, um, you know, effective. Um, effective, like it's, it's the most way that it, it happens <laughs> to most people, uh, even to me, you know, dark night of the soul and everything like that. Um, uh, and I, you know, the struggle to um, 
I, I read this early interview with um, Aldous Huxley and I forgot who else, but um, they were talking about this book that he wrote, Island, and they said, oh, this is like a different than, you know, um, Brave New World and this and that. He says, you know, the dystopian novel is easy to write. He's like, I wanted to write a, a utopian novel that's not like, that feels real and that people that can like get into and that is like not cheesy and this and that. Like, uh, it's easy to critique the world, but it's like, I wanted to challenge myself to build a world that's like, um, you know, worthy of what I think humanity is and, um, you know, give them something to to look at and, and to inspire to. And I remember like listening to that. I was like, damn, that's true. <laughs> it's a lot easier to like, you know, critique something and it's a lot harder to like build and create something. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. I, so I, I think that one of the reasons. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. You, no, no. I was going to change subjects, but I want to get what you have to say on that. Can, who, who is M? I don't want to. M is all I see on the screen. Meg. Uh, Meg. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to. Uh, I think she nailed it that people just don't want to. They don't want to really know the truth. But I think the reason that is, is because they've spent a whole lifetime believing a lie. They have a, they, they spent a lifetime with a worldview that is not true. And yeah, that's why it's like a grieving process that they have to go through. It's, it's real tough for them. Yeah. It's just tough for them to address that because it's, I mean, think about collecting data for, you know, for 50 years, if you were 50 years old and the data you've been getting, a lot of it was just totally false. And now you're getting this, you know, this outside data, right. And they don't know what to do with it. And that's why it it takes like a lot. You know, you have to just plant a seed and let it grow. You just kind of have to speak the truth and walk away from it and let the truth do what it does. Yeah, 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 man. Some of that stuff, you know, you got it's all about approach, right? <laughs> I kind of became I kind of became him, I guess, in a way, kind of the quote unquote conspiracy theorist, as they like to say. But really, it, I'm not really a conspiracy theorist. I just research. That's all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I feel like that's a lot of uh, a lot of what they classify conspiracy theorists now. Is, I mean, a lot of it has actual backing to it now. Like, there's there's actual facts that back up the statistics. There's this. And it's like, well, you're just a conspiracy theorist. All right, dude. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like I guess it's a compliment. That's why you talking like art and poetry. Yeah, talking about approach, it's very, yeah. it's like a very gentle approach to hinting at the truth. True. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely with poetry. Yeah, I can see that. Like, but it, I, I can see that. Like, it would be hard to put a truth into a poem without like distorting it too much. You know what I mean? Well, I mean. There's all sorts of different layers to this. In in the one sense, yes, you can't tell a direct. Um, well, you can. There's like like a haiku or something. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but what what I think for me, poetry and art is giving someone a felt experience, and it's not necessarily telling them. Um, this is right or this is true or whatever. Um, but it's in the sense of starting them, like sharing something, a piece of your own 
hero's journey or your own discovery of your own soul or whatever term you want to put it on it. And you encapsulate this moment and you put it there and then it connects with someone because it's true enough in that moment. And you feel that connection. You're like, Oh, I felt that way. I know how that feels. I know whatever it is, either it's joy, despair, whatever it is, um, awe or wonder or sorrow or, or sadness. You feel that connection to that piece of visual or audio or whatever it is. And then it creates that seed and then later you go on your own hero's journey and you reflect and like, Oh, okay. That's, that's why I like that image. That's why I like that song. That's why I like that movie. That's why I like this and that in that time in that period, because it resonates with how I feel and, and what I needed to listen hear. And it probably always echoes in the background until you're ready. You know, there's this is a great saying that says, uh, um, when the student is ready, the master will appear. And I think that's a lot of times with my own development, when I'm like engaged with whatever it is, media, something that I need, to hear, I will like circulate around certain books or certain um, authors or certain material. And I don't know why I would just like keep on listening to it or keep on going in. And then like later something happens and it like reflects into my real life. And I think, oh, that's what I was supposed to learn. Something about like maybe humility or something about like, you know, patience or something about whatever it is. I'm like, oh, that's why that song was like echoing in my head. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that happens yeah. to me all the time. Yeah. 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 I can see where you're coming with that. Yeah, the connection to people is definitely, you know, really important. As uh, Freedom Fire was saying earlier, we we need to, you know, create a better, re reinvigorate the comment culture to connect. You know, because yeah, I, I feel like that that connection. Like I I know that when I comment, and I like tag somebody, they're gonna comment back to me. They're gonna get back to me because that's who I know, like I know them, I've known, I've been on here for years. I know they're going to respond, but I mean, I just, I would like, you know, to bring that kind of comment culture back where it's just tons of people that you just don't know talking to you on your post. Mm. Like, so that's why I, that's why for my giveaway, <laughs> one of the requirements on my giveaway recently was to comment something that you're celebrating. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Because I want, yeah, I agree that that comment culture is vital. Yeah, even yeah, just yeah. the small, even if you, even if they don't follow you or you don't follow them, you're still having that moment. Of Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and and that's important. Like just just that, even if it's just a hey or a hi or yeah. you know, whatever, it it's, it it helps the creator. It helps the person making the content. Even if it's like, hey, I, I like this. For sure, that's all you leave. Like, okay, cool, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I appreciate that. What am I? Yeah, I think I left nice on a on a uh, <laughs> art piece recently, right before I got on this. I was just like, yeah. nice. Uh, this is something. Uh, I think I've even mentioned it, but. Um, more conscious that I've been doing recently is um, going into groups and like encouraging real people that post in groups to keep up posting in groups and try to like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, 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 get more real posting than um, bots and spammers. And it's been yeah. working slow, slow progress. It's I, I view, uh, I like this one saying, it was uh, Mark Pesci and he says he views the internet as a garden. And I view minds as a guardian, and sometimes you need to tend and tend to some of the areas. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> totally. Sometimes you gotta go check in on your on your gardens and your farms and everything, man. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, that's the whole concept of social permaculture. I studied yeah. agriculture in college, so oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, some... to it's totally like that. Um, you know, 
And then this is what I want to do. Uh, right now, I'm just kind of like exploring groups, but I've been kind of like uh, honing in on a couple and like telling people to go there and do this. But I want to like have this area where you can kind of like dip in and dip out and where you, where you like post and then like you're going to get some feedback. And like, I think later on, I think the thing is, is like um, having it in, in a way that is engaging because I, I, I've, I try to do it, but I have this constant struggle with my own stuff because I like to create and I get lost and I want to just like spend, you know, two days just doing whatever I want to do. And I, but then on the on the other front end, I'm like, I know I need to like go and engage people because if I want people to engage with my stuff, I have to engage with their stuff and, you know, doing this whole thing. And um, I think the groups is, is, is a way to, uh, to get, those people that are wanderers is trying to find people, you know, smaller channels. They're like, where's this group? But if like no one real is in that group, then they get disillusioned, you know? Like I've seen that. I've seen like, you know, three weeks ago, someone posted artwork and it's pretty good. But then like you go on their channel and like no one is engaged with them for months and they're probably like, fuck this place. <laughs> I was like, no, I need real creative people. Stay here. Please stay here. Uh, 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 let's, 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 let's turn back to culture real quick. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Who we, got? we got G. G, who's, who's your uh, two of your favorite Minds channels real quick? Uh, two favorite Minds channels on here. Two favorites. Hmm. Um... Is it a cop out to say Satori D? Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. I'm gonna say we're gonna go like we need some hidden gems. What's the hidden gems? Hidden gems. Um, ah, I'm just gonna plug my partner first of all because he's been I've been making him put more of an effort into posting than he has been. So his his handle is at Davista D A Y V I S T A. Okay. And he, so he's a developer, but he posts a lot of, he's using the tweet function too. He has a lot of one-liners, so he's spitting some wisdom, hopefully. <laughs> and mm -hmm. he also posts a lot of open source resources. So. Nice, nice, nice. I'll make sure to check him out. I love open source, so I'll check him out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that are really supportive that I could shout out, like, there's, I think, you probably are familiar with her, but Allie and Spirit, she's very Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, she's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, she's a good definitely. channel. Yeah, she's a good channel. I don't know if she's underrated, but, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I like yeah. her. She's, she's underrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just like getting names out there. That's what culture is, right? And who yeah. you like is who, you know, they like you, you like them. That's what culture is about. What about you, uh, Freedom Fighter? Who are your two uh, favorite Minds channels right now? I got to give a shout out to at Peggy too. I think that she is incredible. Mm. She is a sweet, yeah. sweet lady. Um, she doesn't know how much she's really encouraged me to post and, and stuff. And I'm sure we don't agree on everything. And she probably doesn't agree with everything I have to say. But she's always been like nice to me. And giving me words of encouragement. And I, I mean, I, I go on a hiatus every now and then where I just get burnout on social media. So I just like deactivate my account for like sometimes a month or two weeks at a time. And I'll get messages, you know, where are you at? Where are you at? And so it's just stuff like that little, I don't think people really realize like when somebody gives you a positive comment, how much it, like how much that really matters, you know? 
how it resonates with the other person. It's, it's important uh, because otherwise you just feel like, is anything I'm saying, is it, is it helping anybody? You know, am I just wasting my time just posting content, you know? And so she's just an awesome person. You got to get to know her. You got to subscribe. She's been here from the very beginning. And I, and I like at KDJH as well. I I think that um, he's got a big heart, you know? So right, right at KDJH. Going back to like common culture and um, I guess when you mentioned uh, uh, Peggy uh, to I, I was like, I remember early on, you know, trying to go in the group. I started early like groups and like trying to do something. And I had this one thing it's called um, I'm trying to remember it's called like open story and it was supposed to be it's like you post a personal story and then it's like supposed to be like this weird collage of like people sharing their stories anyways uh so that was really hard to start in the beginning and i remember john like liked it and like gave me some encouragement and so i kept on doing it and i didn't know anything who john was and then like later he keeps on giving me encouragement and like and then like we have exchanges in in the comments and then like i keep on going on and then like later it took me a while to realize that john was like bill's dad <laughs> and I, was like, <laughs> I was like oh that was john i was like oh shit i just i got to send you my friend co-founder right yeah, yeah. yeah he's like co-founder right yeah yeah he was one of the early encouragements that i got on mines and i did I, like for a long time i you know interacted with him i had no idea who he was interesting he's a nice guy yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. But, you know, that is something um, I think what even gravitates everybody here right now is this kind of wandering spirit and like wanting to not only, you know, we're talking about being awake, but I think what's drawing us to the edges right here is wanting to do um more interesting stuff to do different stuff to do to create um the new like we all know that the system is decaying and dead and well so what are the new seeds that we're going to grow i think that's what brought us here and brought us here i don't know i know in the early mind that's what kind of like gravitated me over here and then yeah and then you know, there. I think we'll end it at this. I I was thinking about this earlier. Mac, I remember when he first came on to Minds, he wrote this blog, and then it, it like it was a really good blog, and everybody was like commenting, and I, and I was late, and I was reading the thread, and then someone had this great analogy about Minds, and this was like two years ago, and someone was like, Minds, you know, when I came here, Minds seems like a abandoned warehouse, and like, you know, we can do anything we want in here, and like, you know, I think it has good bones and we can build stuff. And I'm like, you know, and it was kind of funny. I was like, you know, three years. Uh, so this was two years ago. I was like, three years ago, I saw the same thing. And I, and there was no one uh, in the in, in the warehouse. So I went into the basement and I started taking <laughs> mushrooms and listening to music and writing uh, painting on the walls, waiting for people to come. And I was like, I, and I pick up, where I pick up were my- you? Because I was in the basement and I did not see you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you. You were like hacking like the the like uh, the, the electrical grid so you can like hook up your your server. I was like on the, on the, on the corner, like drying the painting on the walls. <laughs> That's so good. I love that. Oh, yeah. Uh, fashion.
fashionably late. <laughs> hey, always welcome, always welcome. Well, it was a pleasure having you guys on. Uh, thank you guys for joining us, especially uh, Freedom Fighter. Thanks for coming, man. Uh, yeah, I definitely thanks for inviting me. Appreciate Check out your uh, your guys' channel there with the, the open source software and your artwork and stuff. And uh, cool. but thanks for coming on. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. All right, man.